0: Reds fans, here we are, welcome back. Welcome home, uh, we are flying at the moment in the Azusa Ute A-League men's competition, sitting second on the table behind Melbourne City and we turn towards Good Friday where we are taking on Sydney FC in another must-win game if we want to chase down Melbourne City and hold on to second position, someone who has helped us and largely responsible for our defence at the back, but also a couple of cheeky goals as well, is Lachlan Bar. Lachie, thanks for joining us on the pitch, mate. Thanks for having me, Jared. Now, would you prefer... Prefer Lachlan or Lockie? Lockie. Lockie yeah, Bar. Yep. Okay, because when Lockie. I introduce you, I say Lockie Bar, so I'm glad that yeah. I say that. Um, no, nah, Lockie's good. Let's quickly talk about the Wanderers game. Are you getting yeah. into punch-ups at the end of matches? What actually happened at the end of that match, please?
1: At the end or the or much other incident?
0: Yes, like there, there was so much going on in the match. I still yeah. can't work out how Ben Wallen scores two goals. We can get to that a little bit later on. But there's a bit of physicality where... Um, You end up getting in a headlock, basically, after Nesta um, is involved in an incident. So for the people who didn't see it, take us to Combank Stadium, talk us through what happened.
1: No, um, I think it was probably late in the game, probably the 90th minute, and um, Nesta had a good opportunity to go forward, and um, I think it was Nuenhoff, he pulled Nesta back, it was a professional foul, and...
0: So a professional um, foul is they're gonna, the player's going to concede a yellow card yep. because it's better to concede it than let Nester on score a goal, right? Exactly, goer, yes. the same so, yeah, thing
1: exactly. so we had a good chance to go down the other end and potentially score a goal, and Nguyenhoff pulled him back, which is, you know, that happens in the game, and um, Nestor reacted to that foul probably in a way that he shouldn't have. He's pushed Nguyenhoff twice, um, and it sort of fizzled out from there. Everyone started walking away, and then the big centre-back from Western Sydney, Marcelo. Um, come out of nowhere and sort of strangled Nesta from behind and from there there was a bit of a reaction from all our team myself included and we just wanted to make a point that you know you can't do that Mm. you know in a football game and I think everyone knows Nesta's age he's only 17 and you know we do have a very young team so I think it's our responsibility as the older boys to, to look after these younger boys and from from where I was standing I just thought it wasn't acceptable and just wanted to make a point that you know, we are a team and, and we're not going to tolerate that. We did make a point against uh, a team
0: that last time they were here, it was a, another really fascinating match to watch. And we always have good physical encounters against Western Sydney. And um, I don't know if you'll agree with this, but, I love a strong Western Sydney Wanderers because it means their fans are turning up to their games and it creates an atmosphere, which reminds me of twenty fifteen sixteen where we had a packed southern part of Cooper Stadium. You have a look at the the derby now when Sydney play Western Sydney; it's it's really good. What's the feeling like now when you get to travel and play against the Wanderers? It' a really good stadium.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think going into that game, you know, we knew that Western Sydney they bring out. A, you know a large amount of fans and I think there was 10,000 there on Friday night and it's a it's a very good place to go because you know you're sort of it's one of those games where you know your back's going to be up against the wall so you know you just have to be on the front foot in those games and you know and it's a credit to Western Sydney they're a very good team um, but I think we went there with the right mindset we went there knowing that it was going to be a battle and I think in the end our hard work our resilience and our desperation sort of got our got us the win and, and we walked away with three points and and yeah, it was overall a very successful game for us. I
0: feel like we've been challenged defensively throughout the whole season. I, I look back and think that, that Bruiser Harry Vandersike started the season really well and he gets that horrible injury. Harvey's had his injury concerns. We had a time where Panache had to play defensively when he's, from what I've been told, the fastest player in our squad. So he, he yeah, should be yeah. up, up the wing and, and scoring goals. Um, how, how do you see that as a defensive unit where it's, it's actually quite Rare that we have the same players playing each week. Nick Ansell's in or out. Popper's yeah. the same. Yeah. Um, yourself too. So it, it must make you pleased to know that whoever is playing or starting, you understand your role and what you need to do as a unit.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. I think we've got, you know, four central defenders, and when we're all fit, I think we can all all do a role. So. Um, it's probably a credit to our, our coaching staff with, within our structures. We know that when we come to play, everyone knows what they're doing and that's just not our, our centre-backs. It's, like you said, that right-back position when Panache has come in, Harry van der Sarg, They've all done exceptionally well when they've been called upon and I think that's the makings of a, of a very good squad. And when you've got players that aren't in the team... And then obviously there's going to be injury suspensions. You know, you, you need the players to step in and, and just do a role. And I think that's, we've had a lot of success through that at the moment.
0: So you personally, Lockie, I love your story, mate, because for, for people that don't know, like more recently, you, you come to the club from Adelaide City, but you spent time in Victoria at, at Metro Stars. You've had a really um, a, a big, solid career in the NPL, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, but you did spend some time overseas. So how did that come about originally? And then we need to ask about what happened with the ice cream. Because basically we're selling ice cream over there, which um, I'd love to know, because I don't know you very well, so this is a great opportunity to get to know you. So um, the overseas part always fascinates me about how you get an opportunity overseas and how you view your time over there.
1: Yeah, so back in 2014, I was part of the Adelaide United youth team, and back then we had maybe you know three or four boys go on to the first team. And unfortunately at the time, I didn't push on to, to the first team, so I knew that it was, or the the typical thing was to do was you go back to playing MPL and you sort of you know, you train three nights a week and play on you know, play on the weekend and in order to get to where I wanted to be, which was, you know, in the A League, I thought, well, I need to do something a little bit different. So I had a guy called Lloyd Ousu who was also an ex Adelaide United player. He had a big career. Raise the roof, Lloyd. Yeah, raise the roof Lloyd. Yep. yep. <laughs> and he said, Look, you know, why don't you try yourself overseas, just go over there, get an experience, just try and, you know Get a contract something or you know just have a go over there so I was like yeah I thought that would be a good idea so I moved over to London and um, he set me up at a club called Brentford and I was just a train-on player with their under 23s.
0: So this is where um, Lockie Brook recently yeah, went exactly, over yeah, yeah. yeah
1: Lockie Brook's contracted to Brentford on loan at the moment and yes yeah, so I was with them for probably four months just training with their under 23s and you know the difference between MPL and then going over there was a was a massive difference but I noticed within the first you know month of training there that you do improve obviously the the higher the level and if you're immersed in that sort of environment you do get better so I did that for about four months and then I had a contact in Germany um, which was uh, in the fifth league in the lower leagues of Germany so I went over there and played and that's where the ice cream come about so we used to train in the evening but obviously I needed to work as well so I applied for this uh, cafe that was like a, you know, coffee, ice cream place and and I got the job and I'd do that um, in the afternoon, I'd work there, go to German language school in the morning, go to my ice cream uh, cafe shop in the afternoon and then go train. So I did that, that for That was a year. by
0: choice going to the language school too? Yeah, by you, choice, yeah. So you could
1: understand what was going yeah, on? Yeah, exactly, yeah, it was a good opportunity for me to to learn another language and I think it's, you know, it's a lot easier when you're in a foreign country to learn mm. that language because you've sort of got no... you've Got no choice but to, yeah, you know, yeah, you're, yeah we sometimes you're expect as Australians.
0: Yeah. Oh, you guys speak English, not and we give up. You're yeah, right, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, I thought it was a good opportunity. So, so I did that, and then um, end up making my way back to England um, and signed for a club called Bradford City, who were at the time League One. And um, again, I had a really good experience there. I made my professional debut for them and and played in a number of cup games, and then ultimately come back to Australia.
0: So Bradford City at that point, League One. I'm just trying to think so is this is this third tier competition exactly
1: yeah third tier so you got the premier league championship and bradford at the time were league one which is the third tier
0: yeah right okay and then i want to go back a little bit to you getting the opportunity to go to brentford Mm -hmm. so was that as simple as lloyd making a phone call and saying give this kid a chance and then you have to find your way over there fund it all yourself in comparison to Lockie Brook, who gets signed by them, they'll fly him over there. It's a completely different experience by
1: the sounds of it. It was, yeah. Obviously, Lockie had some good pedigree behind him, whereas I was coming over there as sort of, you know, I didn't really have much of a CV. And, you know, Lloyd, he had another contact there, a guy called Kevin O'Connor, who was in charge of the under-23s at the time. And he just said can Lucky come and come and train with you and just you know show him the ropes let him train and, and let him develop and you know I owe, I owe Lloyd a lot for for what he did for me at the time and he he helped me a lot during that time
0: so then you get loaned out, just looking at, is it Harrogate Town you were loaned out to?
1: Yep, so I was contracted at Brentford and then I wasn't getting much game time, so I got loaned to a club called Harrogate, who at the time were in the fifth tier of English football.
0: So for the listeners listening now, this is this the same league as Wrexham are in? Yep, yep. Right. So now it's
1: called, back then I think it was called the Conference Premier League, and now... It is called the National Premier League, I think, yes. or something like that. So, yeah, the same um, the same tier as what Wrexham is at the moment.
0: Wow, okay. And then how do you find a place to stay, um, like find your bearings and things like this? Because, remember, from the outside, we see that Lockie Bar's going overseas. Everybody immediately thinks, awesome, Ferrari, models, cash, cash, cash. But you are actually working in an ice cream shop eventually, um learning German and then training but you've got to fund your way over there. there there must have been some panic as well because you just want to play football
1: yeah 100% like it's not it certainly wasn't easy um it was very you know at times it was very challenging but at the end of the day I knew that if I wanted to you know become a professional footballer and make it to the top then I would have to you know do it the hard way it wasn't you know your typical story where you go through the you know NTC program or something I knew I had to do something a bit different and and for me I just did what I thought was the best decision at the time it was just to sort of try and develop graft it out and then hopefully try and get an opportunity somewhere so it certainly wasn't easy but at the same time although it wasn't easy it was a time where you do learn a lot about, yeah. obviously, being in a different culture. You learn a lot about yourself and and you, you learn to appreciate those tough times because it does help you develop into the person that you are today, I guess.
0: At what point do you then decide to come back to South Australia?
1: Yeah, so my contract wasn't renewed at Bradford and then I was a bit unsure what to do, but I just wanted to get back playing. I knew I'd be able to come back to Adelaide and get regular game time. And at the time, you know, being away from family for three years, it was time to come home and, and I signed for Metro Stars in the, in the National Premier League. And you, you've played
0: for two big NPL sides with Metro Stars and, and Adelaide City, um, and you end up signing for Adelaide United in December. Mm-hmm. Um, the season starts in October, so this is a, an in-season signing. Are you, are you able to share how that process happened?
1: Yeah, so we, at the time, I was at Adelaide City and our season got extended because of the FA Cup. We ended up playing Melbourne Victory, I think, in November. Um, So we'd already won the grand final. We'd won the league for that year in October um, for MPL. but we still had to train for an extra month or six weeks to be able to prepare for that Melbourne Victory game. So our season was extended and we played against Melbourne Victory and then... Basically, after that game, I just went on to my off season. Was on holiday in Streaky Bay, and then I got a phone call from at the time Vito um, Basali, the yeah. old old director of football at Adelaide United, and he said we've got an injury at Adelaide United. It was Nick Ansel, he'd, he'd torn his Achilles. So they asked if I could come in, and I said, "Yep, no problem." Um, you know, it was an opportunity, so I drove back from Streaky Bay, and then I think within three days I was at. Um, Adelaide United and signed an uh, injury replacement contract for Nick Ansel. So I think it was for the remainder of the that season
0: It's pretty amazing that that sport, you need to have a little bit of luck but also everything is an opportunity and you've gone from um, the only one out of four players from the youth team that wasn't given a contract as a professional to then being taken away from Adelaide City and all the stuff that, that happens in between um, and now you're you're one of the first picked for Adelaide United. Do you feel like you belong now or do you still sometimes have moments where you look back and you're like, oh, far out, I've just got to keep on proving myself because you've been through a fair bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still still learning to, you know, the A-League's a very good level and every game presents itself with another challenge and, um, you know, although I feel more comfortable in the league now, I'm still looking to improve, keep getting better. Um, so, yeah, it is a it is a very good standard of uh, of league and you know it's um, yeah one with every game I think I'm getting better at. I like what you said at the start your aspirations was to
0: play in the A league and you've had overseas experience now so you seem quite settled to be where you are and um, sometimes people are so driven with the, the ability to, to chase an overseas dream you seem pretty content in doing the best with the situation you have now would that be accurate to say?
1: Yeah it is for me because I'm, you know, I'm a South Australian from Wyla but you know, Adelaide is my home as well and I'm very comfortable in Adelaide all my friends and family are here so to be given the opportunity to play for my home state club in Adelaide United is, is something that I'm very proud and, and honoured to do every day
0: one of my favorite events of the year is the football south australia celebration of football i look around and i think um we, we live in a city which is run by afl but to see the strength of local football here it makes me really proud and you've represented um, a couple of the biggest teams in the MPL that have had some brilliant players both teams have had amazing representatives from adelaide united too how much do you love local football um, and not just from a football point of view, but to see the connection it has with the community, its sponsors, families, and everything it can do for the state.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of local football. I love watching the NPL. I love all football in South Australia. Going back to you know my time in in the Wiler Wiler Soccer League. Any, we all play a part in in every part of the football South Australia. Whether it's you know country soccer, NPL, in the A League, it's great to see that it's all slowly coming together. And, you know, I think there's bigger and better things to come from, from Football South Australia in terms of the, the relationships to, between Adelaide United, Football South Australia and the country region. So I think we're on the right, uh, we're heading in the right direction and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it transpires over the next few years.
0: On the day of recording, it is Thursday the 6th of April and it was only a few hours ago we announced as a club that Carl Viet's extended his contract, which I'm really excited about. Um, you talk about that South Australian connection, he seems to have a really good connection with you as players. Um, we've seen the viral social media clips of him swearing his head off all the time, but what can you tell the listeners about Carl Viet and why he's so important to the playing group?
1: I think Carl's very good at getting the best out of of every player. He's been very good for me. He's the one that's gave, you my, gave me my opportunity in the A League, and you know you can see his relationships with with all the players. Um, he's a very um, very simple coach in terms of he doesn't try to overcomplicate things. He just says you know boys go out there, enjoy yourselves, give it all you've got, and I think that sort of links in well with the identity of Adelaide United. It's you know we know that um, we don't have the we're not the most resource club, so we have to make up for it in other areas like you know making sure our coaches are, are getting the best out of our each and every individual player.
0: The other thing I like from an observational point of view about Carl is that um, he treats everybody on the same level I've watched him yell at Craig Goodwin who is our captain and um, one of if not the best player in the A League at the moment is he's, he's leading the league in assists in, in the top three in goal scorers and he speaks to Craig the same way that he could speak to Nesta if they're not listening or doing something wrong and I think it's a really humbling thing that it doesn't matter if you're Javi Lopez who's played over 200 games in La Liga if you're doing wrong by the coach and the team who will hold you to account which must give you confidence to know that people are to be held to the same
1: standard, playing two hundred A League games compared to a handful that you've played. Yeah, it's it's good having that that balance and and that consistency. And I think Carl's very good at that. If you're doing your role in the team, then he's going to keep you in the team. And, and like you mentioned there, that it doesn't matter if you're Craig Goodwin, Estirakunda, or or anyone, he's going to you know treat you the same and and give you the same opportunity provided that you're willing to work hard and do the things that he wants you to do
0: no matter where they are on the table sydney fc provide a a challenge they've been one of the best teams in the last 10 years in the a-league men's competition so how do you approach good friday football against
1: them yeah we know sydney they're sitting six at the moment we know that they probably haven't had the best of seasons but you know they are still a very good team so we're treating this game as we do every other game it's it's a massive game for us it's another opportunity for us to get three points and consolidate our our position on the on the table and also to keep our you know hunt alive for, for Melbourne City they won last night against Melbourne victory so I think they're now five points ahead of us but we just want to just win as many games as possible and and it goes again tomorrow night against Sydney so we're looking forward to it Just finally, did you steal any ice cream from the shop? Like, did you do all the samples yourself and tried it when no one was looking? I tried every single ice cream that was available. And, um, yeah, to be fair to the the people that made them, my my two bosses, they did make a very good ice cream. What was your favourite one? Uh, It was a honey pistachio ice cream.
0: And is German ice cream better than Australian ice cream?
1: Um, Yes, I would say so. (sighs) And you now are really good at making coffees? Yep. Yep. I wouldn't call myself a, a barista cause I think you need some sort of certification for that. But, yeah. um, yeah, back in the day I could, could make a good latte.
0: Jeez. Oh, I love that. Lockie, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, mate. And I, I love that the the symbolism of you, I think it, it reflects everything about this club, which is a, a really nice thing. Nothing's fake. Everything's real. Everyone's had their hardship too. So, um, I love your journey and I love seeing you succeed as all the fans do too. So, um, Good luck tomorrow and also for the rest of the season and for your career. You've been through so much. And I'm sure you've had moments and you will have moments where you look back and you go from something that you may, may have seen as rejection to be exactly where you are supposed to be right now. You should be really proud of yourself, mate. So all the best and thanks for joining us on the pitch. Thanks very much, Jared. Appreciate it, mate. Cheers.